Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast, where we are bringing awesome people from all around the Quad Cities area who are doing amazing things to share a little bit about what they're doing. And hopefully you can walk away with a few nuggets uh, to go ahead and make your life a little bit more awesome yourself. And today I have an amazing entrepreneur. He is huge in the real estate game. He is big if you follow him on Facebook with leadership talks, leadership videos. I have Elijah Grant in the podcast. Elijah, how you doing, man? I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? I am feeling awesome. I am feeling awesome. It's August right now. Things are kind of, it kind of feels like it did back before the pandemic. Obviously, there's still social distancing going on. Obviously, right. there are still rules and regulations in place. But it's starting to feel like I can finally do shoots again. I can finally get out, meet with people, kind of like how I used to, but obviously had to make a lot of adjustments. So there's definitely a new curve to the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So for everyone out there who doesn't know who you are, Elijah, go ahead and tell everyone exactly who is Elijah Grant. That's a good question. I would say that changes frequently. <laughs> uh, but uh, in a nutshell, I would say that I'm in, I'm an entrepreneur who, who, who's an adventurer. So I, I basically make it my mission to do things that seem impossible and then make it simple for other people. Very cool. And one of those things you do is you do real estate. So Correct. talk about that. Talk about how did you get into that? Well, that was, well, there's a, <laughs> there was a long story before that, but I basically was at a point where I learned how to advertise online and that created enough income for me to leave my dream job. And cause I, I did the whole college thing at first cause they, they hypnotized me into that. <laughs> and, uh, I eventually got out of that. <clears throat> but I felt like I needed something that was a little more uh, stable. And for myself, I've always wanted to have a affluent life. Like I, I think it's just cool. Not necessarily that there's like a, a, a long list of material things that I want, but I just like the idea of being completely in control of my lifestyle, like being able to choose what I want to do when I want to do it and, and how I want to do it, you know? And a lot of times having money allows you to do that. So for me, that was always my focus. So at that time I was thinking, well, what's the best way to, you know, get to millionaire status or, or at least get to financial freedom in a predictable way and real estate just kept coming up. So it was one of those things where, I, I definitely didn't know what I was doing for a couple of years. <laughs> just, just tried, tried everything. Um, and then a couple of years in partnered up with a couple other people locally, you know, Adam, Derek, well, Derek's from my hometown, but, uh, Quinn, Zachary, um, you know, a couple other people and we made good real estate and, from then it it's really just been like a uh i i would just say just like a almost like uh a, a college education 
but when it comes to real estate investing, <laughs> okay, I, I feel like I, I, I got my degree probably a year ago and this year we've just been just really focused and, you know, able to execute at a higher level because we, we've gotten past the phase of trying to figure out what we're doing. If that makes right. sense. Right. So yeah, it's not so like you're actually you're in you're in full force mode now. It's not that right. It's not it's not that you know student teaching role. It's that right. you you've gone through it. You've made the mistakes. Now it's like you've honed your skills, and now it's like let's get out there and let's make something happen for real. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. So, what kind of uh, real estates do you do? Do you do houses? Do you do businesses? Yeah. Or so we uh. Let me turn my phone off. We have, let me see if I can do this without breaking my setup here. Let me, let me just try to turn this. That's me making the sound effects. Make the sound. <laughs> All right. Can you see that? The map? Yep. Yep. So that's the QC. And if you can see those little orange and different colored flags. Mm-hmm. Those are our residential properties that we own. Okay. So in terms of our uh, rentals, most of our rentals are just uh, houses right now. And I'd say for the next, at least for the rest of the year, most of our focus will be single family houses. Um, in terms of, you know, bigger projects and things like that, th- those, those actually take a good amount of time to actually happen (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it seems fast if you see it in the paper but in reality that might be a two-year process you know so um those those are in the very 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 early stages but for now single family houses um and just creating creating homes pretty much keeping it simple very cool one second let me adjust my camera so talk about some of those learning curves you had to go through uh, along the way. What are some things that you had to figure out when you were starting to put all this together? <laughs> Which <laughs> putting together uh, real estate investing? Yeah. I, I would say what most people don't think about when it comes to real estate investing is the... the amount of confidence and uh, ability to change identity to successfully be an investor. And what I mean is like, there's that, there's that phase, at least, at least for me, I had this phase where you, you know, the information, and when you are around the people who are actively doing the thing that you want to do, but you understand, but you haven't done it yet, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. So when you're actually around those people, you, it, there is that feeling of like, I'm not one of them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and for me, that as long as that gap was there, I couldn't have success. Because I, I felt like I had to be, you know, I felt like I was trying to be an investor instead of being an investor. So okay. instead of being, you know, full force mode, I'm tiptoeing and doubting myself, <laughs> you know? So I'm very, I was very cautious with it. So I'd say that 
that was a big hurdle to overcome. Um, and then just the actual technical side of it, because there's, there's a lot of real estate investing is very broad. Like there's, there's different types of rentals. There's different types of properties like you were mentioning. So it's, it took me a while to figure out like what niche makes sense for us based on the fact that we're in the quad cities based on the other resources we have. Um, and I, I think that's, that's something that applies to pretty much any entrepreneur or anyone that has any type of goal. Like it really does come down to not necessarily what the resources are, but how resourceful you can be with those resources. Cause I think each, each person has a unique advantage and, and that, that uniqueness is, is how their, their story can progress, you know? And, and, and for us, I just kind of, I boiled down like, okay, what are the things that are making us successful right now? What are the things that are holding us back? Let's get rid of these things. Let's just focus on these things. Okay. Now let's move forward with this. And it's just that constant process of eliminating what you realize is a bad habit or a bad decision and bringing in the better ones. Very cool. And you're talking about your team. Mm-hmm. How, talk about how important it is to have a good team around you, to have good people surrounding you with you know, a like-minded mindset. Ooh, that I would say, I mean, in a perfect world, your own opinion matters the most, you know, but it's very difficult to actually live that, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are, most people are heavily, heavily influenced by the people around them. So, you know, if, if the people around you don't expect to be successful, it it becomes very difficult for you to succeed because a lot of times we, we would rather be comfortable with our friend group than reach our full potential because, because we recognize that if we, if we go to that highest level, we might be alienated. And, and now they can no longer relate with us. So they might tell us things like, hey, why do you think you can do that? Are you sure that's possible for you? They're saying it because that's their fears. And they're also saying, I don't want you to leave me. Right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I, think, I, think that's, I think that's the most dangerous part about, you know, friends and, and anyone that has a, a really strong influence over you is there, there's, a, there's a strong emotion there because – time and memories and all of these things, but you, you just have to weigh the difference of how, how valuable is this relationship? What am I gaining from it compared to what I'm leaving on the table because I'm in this relationship because, because I'm continuing to uh, lower my standards to, to make people feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think that's, I think that's a huge, huge uh, idea to take away from, um, how your environment and team influences you. But on the other side of it, I think it's also, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this, like going to a sporting event, like a, back when there was live events. Yeah. People like showed up places. Um, when there's a team that's winning or a team that's making a comeback, you can like feel that energy in the crowd, like that momentum. Like, yes, like everyone's rooting for this person to win. And when you have a team of people around you in a business who are all focused on their goals, you get that same type of energy. So you might come in, you know, a little bit low energy one day and I, I, you see me come in the room. I'm like, Hey, we just did this. 
awesome, you know, and then this person comes in and feeds off you and says that and you're like, okay, hold on, let me get some stat. Let me, let me, you know, and like you can, what, what I like to do is I think it's important to create like a, a healthy competitive environment because mm-hmm. I think, I think we're all naturally, I mean, well, we have the advantage that every, pretty much everyone in our group is a former athlete. So each person just like likes competition, but I think naturally people like games so if you can make it, if you can make things interesting in a team environment and you can kind of cultivate that, that fun nature, you know, like we're not just making phone calls. We're competing to see who's going to win the blank, you know, yeah. or who's, or who's going to lose and has to do this, <laughs> you know, right. like, I think, I think, I think there's a lot of benefits to having a team around you. And there's also a lot of consequences. So I think it's, it's definitely something that people should uh, look out for. I definitely look out for it. <laughs> right. And it's so important, too, that when you have a team like that, because you can't just put anybody on your team. There has to be like a process because you have to find somebody who has the, the right attitude. Because a lot of people, I think they run into the mishap of they're trying to like train somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't have the right attitude where you have to like scout and find people who already have the attitude that you're looking for. And that way, when you already have them on your team, then at that mm-hmm. point, it's all about just really honing what they already mm-hmm. have. And that's, that's way more liberating than trying to be that person to just try to constantly make somebody into something that they're not. And I think that's mm-hmm. not the right way to go. I agree. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. So what have been some of the coolest um, deals that you've been able to land with your real estate, if you can share? Coolest deal? Let me think about how to define cool. Or biggest deal, if you want to put it that way. Biggest? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say this This wasn't the biggest deal, but I would say this was the one that was, it kind of surprised me, you know? So we... uh. This, this is just kind of like how a, a small domino could just happen in real estate. And it was, it was almost like a, uh, not, I wouldn't say it was an accident, but I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make that happen. So long story short, I'm going to do this without throwing in a bunch of jargon that makes it hard to follow. That's, that's going to be my goal here. So long story short, we, we found this property that was a two bedroom. And it's in Rock Island. Now we bought it for, let's say 30, 35,000. And what was interesting about it was when we saw it, our thought was, why is this house so cheap? Like what's wrong with it? And what we realized was, it just wasn't being marketed properly. So we, we bought the house and it cost us like on, on paper, it cost us $2,500 down. Right. So that's 2,500 bucks. And then we put, it, it was, it was winter too. So we, uh, I'm not like a labor guy. That's not, that's not my thing. I mean, I, I like to work out, you know, I'm not like lazy physically, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to like mow my grass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not, I'm not good at that stuff and I don't want to be good at it. You know, like, I understand that. <laughs> like I, I just say that 
I have a lawnmower guy too. <laughs> right, right. So um, we paid someone 300, 300 bucks to plow the snow from around the walkway um, and then clean out some insulation that was just in the attic. So it was a two bed with a kind of unfinished one bed. And when I was doing the research, I saw that we had got it for 35, but it was worth at least 45 to 60. So I'm like, okay, obviously we had to make money. So that's, that's kind of cool. But we, we market the property just as a, as a rent to own. Cause we're thinking, well, we'll just make it a rental. No big deal. We'll just put it out there. And this is, this is within, I'm going to tell you the time frame here. So we buy it with 2,500 down. Within a week, we pay someone 300 bucks to plow it. Within a couple of days of that, we have a, our first showing. We have the showing. The person says, what's the down payment? And at the time, I think we were asking, it was a lot. We were asking like 10 grand down or eight grand down at 55,000. It was, it was a pretty big down payment. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I don't. I don't think I can uh, do that down payment and uh, get a bank loan. We we're like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I want to buy it with my bank, um, but I can't put 10000 down here and put money down with the bank. So translation of what just happened, she, she just said, I want to buy this from you right now for 55000 Whoa. This is within like, you're talking a 10 day frame of us buying it. We Holy put, crap. we we have like less than three grand into this thing. And she wants to pay it. She wants to pay 20,000 more than what we bought it for. You know, wow. Just, just cause we market it properly. So we, we go through the process. She literally buys it before we have our second payment on the house. So we had the whole thing for like 50 something days and it was like 18 grand net and like, <laughs> you know, 50 something days without doing any work, without taking the risk of wow. like fixing it up and contracting people and doing all this. Like it was like, it was the smoothest thing ever. And then that, that honestly was an epiphany moment of, okay, instead of finding these properties that need massive rehabs, I mean, we can still do those, but we should probably find properties that are just like nice. That'd be so much simpler. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, because this lady, she was our, she was already, she was already, she already decided that she wanted right. it, and 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 has she already looked inside? Before yeah, of course. Yeah, no, she was walking through it, and it became her home, and she was walking through it like she was already. Yep, I can see my thing over here, and and the thing that surprised me, and this this is another lesson for me in real estate. I didn't expect someone to buy it outright because it did need some work, you know. Mm -hmm. Like it needed some carpet in a bedroom. It needed some paint, you know, but like we all have different perspectives. You know right. what I mean? So like I saw it as uh, I wouldn't want to move into something that needs that much work. You know, mm -hmm. she saw it as I imagined doing work for my first house and making it a home. So it was the perfect scenario for her. She's like, yes, I, I wanted something I could put a little bit of work into. This is perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for. Amazing. Great. <laughs> Sweet. You know, so th there, there's a lot, there's a lot of lessons there, but I, I just learned that we, uh, you're so much better just asking people what they want, you know, instead of trying to guess that, that was a lesson I got out of that. 
Awesome stuff. So how have you guys been doing uh, with the pandemic and everything? Obviously, it's very challenging with social distancing in place. Like, how have you guys had to adjust um, with everything going on? Uh, I mean, the biggest differences, so, some of the strange things have been like the closings. So like we had one closing that was on the hood of a van, you know, just because they didn't really have a particular process of how to do things. They just knew they couldn't do it in the office, you know, and I, I think the the thing that's most interesting to see is the um, I'm thinking of a good way to say this. It's like a, a lack of consistency in terms of how, how people are responding to it. And I think there's just a lot of confusion. So like even, even with, with uh, title companies and a title company is basically the place you go to buy a house and, at these places, they all have different procedures. So it's, it's just like, they're just kind of guessing what they should do, which isn't bad. I mean, that's the best they got, but it's, it's just interesting to see how p different people respond. Like some people, okay, you have to have a mask beyond this point. Other people, yeah, I don't care. Other people, okay, we need to stand six feet apart. I'm going to set this down here. You walk over here, you know, all, all these different ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, but aside from that, there was a period in there where Illinois w was not allowing the the sale of rental properties. So that, that was pretty big because uh, we were looking at purchasing a few um, that were in that situation and we just couldn't walk through them. Um, so that kind of threw off some timing. Um, but what else? Oh, <laughs> this was... Uh, one that one that almost one that was almost a, a big lesson, but you know, obviously, creativity is always the way. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to say it without too much jargon. Basically, uh, the cool thing about real estate is that there's a lot of different ways to make it profitable for you, and most people only know the way that I just described to you. The way of you buy something, you resell it for more. But there's, I mean, there's tax advantages, right? So there's, there's legal ways to own a property and collect rent from it and potentially owe nothing in taxes from that money. Okay. Or if you, or, or if you do pay taxes on it, it's significantly less than what you would pay if you were, you know, a regular employee working a job making that money because it's just taxed differently. Like there, there's things like that. Um, but there's this other thing where, and this, this, if you don't know about this, this is going to sound fake to you. I promise you, but this is a real thing. Okay. So there's basically ways I'm going to oversimplify this. So the experts are going to argue with me when they see this, but I'm oversimplifying it so we can get the point here. So essentially there's a way to, get a profit but the profit is technically a loss for you okay so so what that looks like is you could be in a situation so so imagine this and i'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you but first let me give you an analogy so so imagine i gave you twenty thousand dollars right now 
and it's a loan, right? Okay. If I loan you $20,000, you don't necessarily owe tax on that because that's not like you made money. You just mm -hmm. have debt. But there's ways to use real estate to borrow money and that money borrowed is secured by the property. So let me break this down. So you buy, you buy a property. This property is worth 100,000 just for easy math. So this thing's worth a hundred. You owe 50,000 because that's how you bought it with the bank loan back in the day or whatever, whatever, whatever you owe 50,000. It's worth a hundred though. Another bank will come up to you and say, Hey, I heard you got this house that's worth a hundred. Um, can I give you 75,000 instead? So if that bank does that, you get a check for 25,000 and now you have a new person to pay a monthly bill to that's slightly higher. You follow me? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So it's a lot of moving money around. I see. Right, right, right. So let me, let me give you a practical understanding of this. So here, let me, let me get very real with you. Oh wait, can you, Hey, hold on. We can, uh, I can share my screen, right? Yeah. All right. Let me show you this video. Ah, it says it disabled. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, so long story short, if you have that house, that's, that's worth a hundred. The reason why you would do that, because some people are like, okay, yeah, you got more debt though. Like, why is that a good idea? Well, it's a good idea because it's, this is the details here, right? Like this is, this is where the money is. <laughs> so the reason you would do that is because I just gave you 20,000, right? Mm -hmm. You do not owe tax on that. So essentially that's free money. There's not many ways to get free money in that sense. But you, you say, I owe the money. It's not free. Let me show you why it's free. It's free because you have a house that's that you owed 50 before. Now you owe 75, but it's still worth 100, right? The reason that's a good deal for you is your monthly payment on the house goes from 500 to $700 a month. It costs you an extra 200 bucks a month. But the punchline is you have a renter in there paying you 1000 a month. Okay. So you're so making, you, so you're, 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 they're going to eventually get that back. Well, you, no, you already got it back. So here's the thing. So you have the house already, right? Someone's paying you a thousand bucks a month and it's costing you 500 bucks a month. So you're making 500 bucks a month. You're cool with that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you can go to a bank and say, Hey bank, can you give me 25,000 right now? I'll take 300 bucks a month. I'm cool with that. Just give me 25,000. And they'll say, okay, you don't owe any tax on this though. Like that's, that's like flipping a house, but you didn't do any, like you just, you just signed a different piece of paper and then tens of thousands gets in your hand in exchange for a small monthly payment hmm. that's, that's paid off by someone else. And then in 30 years, they paid off the house for you. And then you own it. And a hundred percent and it's still worth a hundred or more. <laughs> it's just like there, there's, there's all those different opportunities in there, but there's, 
the, the way that the, the real wealth is built is in tax shelters and um, just ways that let you, you know, avoid losing lots of money, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're an athlete, like let's say you're in the NBA or you're a, you know, Mariah Carey, they're all considered employees or contractors. So what that means is they're taxed at a super high amount. Like they're going to be, I mean, they're probably businesses and all that, but in theory, they could be taxed like 40% of their income. That is a lot. You get a million and you have to pay 400,000. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. <laughs> like the, the rich people figure out a way to take that 400,000 down to zero just by reading what the laws are and then using them, you know? So that's real estate is one of those places where there's, there's all these different legal rules that allow you to build wealth. And it it took me a while to kind of see them, but there's, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. That's, that's the point. (laughs) Interesting. That's very interesting. I'll have to look into that. Definitely look up, uh, uh, there's there are two keywords for you. Look up refinance, but specifically look up uh, Burr Investing. Burr Investing. Got yep. it. B R R R. Gotcha. Cool deal. Well, I think we got we got a good little sample of the real estate life. Now I want to talk to you about some of the leadership videos you'd like to put out on Facebook mm-hmm. here and there. I I love those videos, man. I love getting those little nuggets. So. One thing I want to ask you is like, what got you into, into leadership and, and self growth and all that? I would say, well, what got me in in it personally is different from what led me to put out videos, (laughs) but uh, what got me into it was, you know, being 16 and just finishing my sophomore year of high school, being around my, some of my good friends everybody's talking about, you know, what college they're going to go to. I'm going to go to Auburn. I'm going to Alabama. Um, It gets around to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to college too. And they just burst out laughing. Like it's, it's the funniest joke on earth. They didn't realize I was, I was deadly serious about it. So it became a reoccurring joke for like a week. And at that time I was a very like quiet anger type of guy. So like, I took that and that became just like uh, the first time in my life I had motivation mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it, it became, and I think it was because there was a lot of things that bothered me at the time, but ultimately I felt like I, I didn't want to be a failure and I was a failure if I let them, if I, if I let them be correct about me, right? Like if what they said is true, mm-hmm. if I really can't get to the, Uh, next level with football you know and it it just became like this personal vendetta you know and and I was still friends with these people but it it just became something that I took so personal that I couldn't I couldn't do anything but give everything I had to it you know and that that eventually got me to college and then it just I, I realized that there's more to life than you know, rapping athletes and drugs, you know? So I'm like, okay, people are successful in multiple ways. (laughs) You know, it's not just these things I've seen around me. And that, that kind of led to, okay, well, 
I'm going to play the college game now. I'm going to, I'm going to do good in school. I've never been, I've been like a CD student in high school, but I'm, I'm going to be a good, a good student here. I'm going to be in all the classes. I'm going to do internships. I'm going to go to the next level. Okay. What's a good job I can get. Okay. I'm going to get this perfect management job. And then you get the job. And by this time I've been, I finally started reading, you know, I got out of college and I'm like, this is a good time to read. So I read rich dad, poor dad, right before I graduated. Robert Kiyosaki. Yes, sir. And it, it was, it literally, I was kind of sad for a moment because I was like, wow, I just wasted four years of my life going to college. But the other part of me was like, well, now that I know this, I'm going to use what I started as a, as a vehicle to get me to where I want to be, you know? Right. So, I signed up for the job knowing that I'm going to figure a way out of this. <laughs> like one way or another, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm definitely committed to getting out, you know? And you know, it's, it, it's just, it just kept evolving from there. So it's just, it's just been a process of wanting to change things in my own life and then getting to the point where I have a, I mean, I, I can't say that my life is perfect, you know? But I, I do feel like I have a sense of uh, like awareness and just peacefulness towards my life. Like I don't feel stressed out. I don't feel um, concerned of what people are thinking of me. I'm not worried about failing. I'm not worried about anything. Like I'm just pursuing my goals as if they're going to happen, you know, and it's, and it's just like it's a very liberating feeling. So I feel when when I'm around, which I'm not often, <laughs> but when I'm around normal people, I would not call you a normal person. You know, you're a highly motivated individual, inspired, you know, doing things constantly. But most people are not like that. Most people are uh, consumers who, who like to be entertained. And I feel like it's it's part of my mission to be an example of what's possible because I think when it's, when it's all said and done and people see where I started, it won't make sense to, you won't be able to add up logically how I got to where I am. It, it just won't make sense. It just won't add up. And I, and I, and my goal is to do that to such a degree that it is so extreme like, wow, if he can do that, I could at least do this. I could at least come up a little bit. I could at least get a new job. I could at least get past minimum wage, you know, and, and just raise that, that minimum standard. So that's, that, that's, that's really what drives the content and that whole side. But ultimately, you know, I like to compete and I just see, I see business as like the ultimate sport. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to, to be in a position to compete with a Jeff Bezos, you know, compete with the Bill Gates, compete with the Warren Buffett. That, that excites me like that. That gets me to me. That's like, that's, that's like being in the NBA, you know? Right. So that's, that's really everything I'm doing is leading up to that point, And I just want to, you know, share what I learned along the way. Good stuff, man. I love it, man. Well, keep it up, man, because I know they're resonating with me. I know they're resonating with a lot of people here in the area. So definitely keep it up, man. I love it. I love it all. Appreciate that.
good stuff. So we're going to switch over to the last segment of the podcast. It's called The Crow's Nest. It's where I have about 10 random questions here in this notebook here. Mm. From one through 10. And I'm going to have you pick three of them. And we're going to go from there. Sound good? So I pick three out of the 10, the 10 options. Yes. So, so they're all random. So just pick a number. Just pick a number? Ones. Yeah. Okay, so I'm picking number four. Favorite number. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right, number four. What are three words you would use to describe yourself? Mm. That's a good question. Three words to describe myself. Uh, free. Giving. Uh, I'll, I'll go driven. I'll go nice. driven. Good stuff. I love it. All right, next one. Number one. If you could sit down and talk to anyone from the last 100 years, who would it be? Who? If I could talk to anyone from the last 100 years? Yeah. I want to say uh, Andrew Carnegie. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. Any reason why? He, he he arguably was one of the wealthiest men of all time because he he helped build like all the railroads and then he built a railroad company and then built the company that made the steel <laughs> and just like did did crazy stuff back in the day before we had all these resources. You know, so any that, that that's the first. It, it had to be some like business genius, just because that 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 really interests me. Cool. All right, last one. I'm gonna go with ten. Ten. If you could pick a theme song for your life, what would it be? Hmm. No days off. Nipsey Hussle. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, then, man. Well, that is it. That is the crow's nest. Nice. That was fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, man. Before we wrap up, how can people find you on social media if they want to look you up? I think searching Facebook. If you uh, just type in Elijah Grant, I should pop up. Otherwise, you know, facebook.com slash Elijah Grant TV. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot, man, for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit about what you're doing, a little bit of your mindset. I think people are going to be getting a lot of nuggets out of this one, man. So thank you. Nice. For sure. Thanks for having me. And everybody at home, thank you for checking out another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Stay subscribed. Stay followed to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, so you know when the next episode is going to drop. Thank you all, fly high, and I'll see you soon.